As a beautiful counterpoint to the days of darkness and introspection are the times of gathering with friends and family to celebrate our love and appreciation for life and one another. How can we make the earth a part of these celebrations? How can our desire to reduce waste and live with a light ecological footprint design our get-togethers? We'll find out today. Zero Waste Holidays – Celebration Meets Sustainability Our focus in this hour here today on an organic conversation. Your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. From gifts to food and leftovers to decorations, this is a time of beauty and fun and flavor and opulent meals and lovely decorations. Today we will hear from an absolute zero-waste expert how to best navigate the holidays to save you time, money and nerves without sacrificing what is so dear to us. Zero Waste Holidays, Celebration Meets Sustainability, our topic here in this hour on an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. But let's start off. Here's an update from the world of health and beauty. Our very own Sitarani Palomar, a.k.a. Chef Sita, with her holistic bite. Well, about once a month, it is my great pleasure to share this holistic bite time with our good friend, Dr. Ed Bowman, founder of Bowman College, who is a holistic nutritionist, an expert in so many ways about how food is used for healing. So Ed is joining us today to talk about fat and how it does a body good. Ed, are you with us? I certainly am. It's great to be with you again. Great to be with you again. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of fun as we look at the calendar and each month, like I said, each month when we have you call in, we think about what is possibly the most timely thing to talk about from the perspective of nutrition. And, you know, we, we've done episodes on hard seasonal select, eating. Actually, it, right? You know, sometimes it is hard to select, but, but looking so at much. what the season is, people do tend to eat heartier foods this time of year. And one of the heartier foods that shows up in greater quantity after the summer is over and it starts to get colder is fat. And, you know, there's a lot of information about fat out there, but we know that certain fats are good for you and we want you to mm. tell us why. <laughs> so let's start with, let's start with fat as a function. Our bodies require okay. fat, but what functions in our body require fat? Fat is our best source of energy. So they're, they're a dense molecule. They throw off a lot of heat. Fat is like an oak log on the fire and protein is like madrone. And and refined carbs are like paper and gasoline. So it's very <laughs> interesting. Fat that. is an oak log. Oh, that and is we, so we're weird. talking organic whole food fat. So that's the key here. We're talking about real food and plants and animals both. And then fats really support lubrication and moisture. And, and they're part of our endocrine system. And they create satiety in the brain. They're really good when we're jittery. Mm. Fats, good fats are a sedative for the nervous system. So you notice how sometimes you get too wired and you go, man, I got to have some cheese or peanut butter. Or... So again, it, it, it's getting cooler. They're very warming. They're very nourishing. Uh, we don't have to eat as much food if we eat good quality fat. And the brain is 60% fat. So uh, I feel sorry for people who've been on low fat deprivation for a while. And I also feel um, bad about people who are on having processed trans fats and other rancid oils because those things are damaging to the body too. So we're talking olive oil and avocados and coconuts and whole dairy. Most people go, ooh, I'm having my low-fat yogurt. And I go, no, you can have whole milk, whole milk cow, goat, sheep products. It's, it's actually very nourishing and there's vitamins particularly that are fat-soluble that you're, you're just wiping away when you have that low-fat 
food or low-fat dairy. So, Ed, when we talk about the best sources, do you differentiate between omega threes and sixes and nines and like well, what, we that could. world? What, what we, is, we could. Yeah. They're all essential. That's the point. People uh -huh. vilify omega six, and they're in vegetable oils and vegetable products. But really, it's rancid omega six that's the problem. If you have a sunflower seed, that's good food. Whole sunflower seeds, good food. Sunflower oil, corn oil, oxidizes very quickly, and as we know, corn is GMO if it's not organic. So to tell you the truth, all forms of whole, natural, organic fat, not cooked at a high temperature, have great food value, and they, they, they burn for fuel. So saturated as, is as important as unsaturated. <laughs> Omega-3 is very limited. It's found largely in ocean fish and uh, flax seeds, chia seeds, algae. But just for, for good, solid macronutrient, uh, how about some butter? Well, and I'm happy that you pointed out as far as whole dairy is concerned, being a really yes. healthy source of fat, because I think that's one that's one myth that we kind of wanted to debunk, mm. that the low-fat and the no-fat dairy is better. And the other thing that I want to touch on before we wrap up our segment is, what is the right quantity of fat? Huh. I knew you were going to ask me you that. knew I was going to ask it. I it's a popular it, question. You know, honestly, it's metabolism. Uh -huh. if you have a high metabolism, you're hungry a lot. Uh, you really burn it up, you can eat quite a bit of fat. I think the question is not how much, but how often. And I think it, fat also is, is insulin sparing. So I think having fat in the morning is really important. And, and two, three, four times during the day in, in modest quantities of a, maybe a tablespoon or two. But then again, you've got teenagers and you've got athletes and you've got sedentary people and, and people who who may not metabolize fat so well. So I see these, these high-motor, skinny people going, eat all the fat you want. But somebody who has a low motor, low metabolism, uh, they need good quality, but they're you know, maybe a teaspoon instead of a tablespoon. So it, it's very hard. We know about bioindividualism. We just have to be smart and sensible about you know, going for quality and, and timing and then um, enough. Because when people eat fat, they're, they're comfortable and they don't overeat, which is really a, a game changer for most people. And um, people who are overweight need fat. And I love that, you know, starting off the morning with fat to just give you a kind of a balance and a groundedness throughout the day. Lovely. It will yeah. curb your hunger. Ed, as and, always, and you we... don't speed on coffee and sugar as much. <laughs> if you don't start we your day do. with caffeine and sugar, yeah, if you start it with an avocado much. or coconut, yeah, mm -hmm. as much. Well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us. I love when you call in because you make it so accessible. It's like Good. the simple, healthy, basic practices for nutrient-dense lifestyles, and you're boiling it down for us in four minutes, and we just, we're delighted to have you every and, month. So and really, you. from the horse's mouth in this case, I hope you uh, accept my apology for that analogy, but Ed Bowman has been in this field for... I don't, I don't even want to say don't. how long. <laughs> lifetime, the, lifetime. The father of healthy, holistic nutrition. So thank you, Ed. Of course, of course the founder Happy. of BowmanCollege.org. Check it Happy out for more information. Happy Thanksgiving, and make a coconut whipped cream for your pie. Coconut milk whips up <laughs> as good as or better than okay. organic dairy. But either's fine. <laughs> Looking right. forward to Great. it. Sounds tasty. Thank Take you so care. much, Ed. We'll talk to of you again course. soon. Bye. 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 Wow, fat. Yeah, really always great when Ed Bowman calls in. That's how to navigate your holidays around fat. It's good for you if it's healthy and whole. Thank your you, winters and Sita. your lifetime, really, yes. all of it. That's Sita Rani Palomar and her holistic <laughs> bite. He's able to pack this all in just a few minutes. <laughs> we a, learn something new every month. month when he calls in, too. It's very exciting. Again, bowmancollege.org for more information on culinary arts and holistic nutrition. Lovely. Zero Waste Holidays. Celebration meets sustainability. From food to decoration to gifts, that's our main focus in this hour. And now with us is really the zero waste expert in the country, B. Johnson. She's the author of Zero Waste Home and also ZeroWasteHome.com, the website, who's joining us today actually in the studio. That and more is coming up here in an organic conversation. I'm Helga Hilbert. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. Stay tuned for more.
Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Heller. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And with us in this hour of Zero Waste Holidays, Celebration Meets Sustainability, is the author of Zero Waste Home. That's also ZeroWasteHome.com, B. Johnson. B. J- thanks for coming to the studio. It's thanks so for, fun to Thanks have for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> We're excited to have you, too. And actually, we told you just as you arrived to the studio, this very fortuitous interaction we had this morning. We were the guests on a morning show here at KSVY in Sonoma. And they were interviewing us about health and sustainability. And one of the things they said is, have you ever read that book, Zero Waste Home? And we said, oh, <laughs> B's coming to the studio today. So Meant to be. Was meant to be. <laughs> was meant to be. You are certainly the expert on this topic. And we're very excited to talk about how to apply these principles and what is a rather indulgent time of year. It sure is for a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah, we are right in the middle. It seems like these next two months or, you know, these two, three months impact our lives more than any other month throughout the year. It's Mm -hmm. really this, I'll try to live a green lifestyle or with a light ecological footprint. And then there's the holidays and the holidays almost mean you know, extreme behavior, richer meals, bigger gatherings. Some people go out with Christmas decorations around the house that is almost obscene. You know, wonderful and so wasteful. The entire yard in Winter Wonderland and the electricity bill. What, whatever people do. <laughs> and every year it starts earlier and earlier. And my town hung the Christmas lights on now, the plaza, basically in uh, right after Halloween. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple of days after Halloween. Yeah, we noticed that actually November 1st, the cafe in our neighborhood yeah. had all their Christmas wreaths up. November yeah. 1st. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the radios are starting to play Christmas music that early. So we are being put into this mindset and even more importantly to be reminded of of sustainability, that we don't throw everything we believe in overboard and we don't have to. You are really celebrated as the the expert of a zero-waste lifestyle. You created an entire movement. You have done this for years with a family, with kids, and you're creating almost no trash, basically no trash at all. You have kind of these five golden categories that you um, invented, refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, and rot, and only in that order, the big five R's. That is very important. Only in that order is what... Uh, will help you achieve right. zero waste. Yeah, yeah. And we, we talk about waste and, f- and food and budget so often on this show. But let's let's really focus in on the holidays. There's a big part on entertaining, on food. There's gifting and there's decorating. Let's start with the food part. You have a great article about making the holidays, even though opulent in, in the meal, is zero waste event. How do you do that? What do you recommend? What are the things that you've seen that can be easily altered to make it a much more sustainable In terms of your meal, we're starting with with food food and feasting. Yeah, so in our case, for example, when we do have, um, when when we're preparing large events where we're going to serve food, uh, we first buy our food in bulk. And when you buy your food in bulk, you actually just buy what you need. Uh, That is one of the advantages of buying in bulk. Then it's really thinking twice about what you're really going to serve. I mean, if you're, uh, I think we were, 
I've gone to these parties, Christmas parties, where there is so much food on the table. Uh, it's just way too much food for the amount of people that are in the room. And I think we need to simplify these things. <laughs> They've really gone out of control. Uh, so today, actually, um, I mean, my family travels uh, during the holidays, so I no longer have to prepare a meal around that time. But when we did, I, instead of serving the turkey and the beans and the corn and, uh, and the buns and the mashed potatoes I know there is like a whole list of traditional things but uh, just only serve the ones that your family truly likes because uh, generally there is a few dishes that barely get touched and then they end up going to waste so that is really important to uh, really think about your true needs for uh, what you need to get well and what you're bringing up there is the element if the family can truly plan everyone can have their family their, their favorite meal right or their favorite dish or their fa favorite one food but that enrollment is really what makes the holiday so special right it's the family celebration exactly it's getting together it's uh, the gathering right. around the table that's important it's not yes. the amount or the uh, the the number the of dishes on the table that's right. so if you want to reduce one of the things uh, you can do is simply ask each member of your family what their uh, top dish is and then uh, base your whole meal around that yeah. uh, so then you end up making what everyone likes and those things will get eaten and you have a family of four four, four yes four, yeah. mm -hmm. Well, and that reminds me, actually, something that I've read about um, French entertaining, how they don't tend to go all out and have so many dishes. It's like there are a couple staples, and then there are little sides that you pick up. And it seems like it's a similar concept. And during the holidays, when we frequently will have like um, a, an hors d'oeuvre hour or a cocktail hour where people are eating finger foods and socializing before they sit down for the meal, by the time they sit down for the main event, they're pretty full. And yeah, they don't I, go through the same quantity of food. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I Growing up in the south of France um, in for New Year's Eve, I mean, sorry, Christmas Eve, uh, my parents usually served um, shellfish, things that are actually rather quite light. Uh, and then the, the bigger meal, the heavier meal was uh, reserved for the next day. So, uh, of course, there was a foie gras on the table, I'm afraid to say, <laughs> but that's part of the French tradition. But um, we definitely... We rarely had leftovers. Mm. Um, maybe we complained about those things when we were little. Mom, we should have more foie gras or whatever. But, uh, we just had what we needed, really. And uh, so then we didn't have to chase uh, the leftovers for weeks to come. Right. Well, leftovers brings up a really good question because... This is um, a society where we do frequently have leftovers. And the question often comes up, can I donate my leftover food? Is this something that I can do to reduce the quantity of waste? If we have a big party and it's a potluck and there's a lot of food left over, can food banks accept this kind of thing so it doesn't go into the trash or the compost? The, the food banks will truly only accept the ones that are packaged because how can they deal with yeah. meals that are half eaten uh, dishes that are like half you know uh, served they just can't deal with that yeah. and they they are really after uh, things that are uh, preserved in a way so packaged. whether it's in the packaging or uh, cans uh, it's really hard for them to deal even with uh, fruits and vegetables uh, because it's it has such a short date And even though it seems like a lot of food for us, for a food bank, picking up three dishes from your house is not economically sure. viable in any way or really would feed that many people. But I do know, and Sita, you always make a point of that, lots of leftovers when it comes to vegetables especially could be all grind up with a little bit of stock as like a heartier, thicker soup. And then you can freeze that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of taking your leftovers and turning it into something else. Yeah, so that's definitely something to do. So, for example, when we've done turkey in the past, uh, we used a carcass to uh, make a turkey soup, a carcass soup, which I, I give uh, the whole uh, recipe in my book uh, on how you basically throw your, uh, you cover the, the, cov the, the carcass, the turkey carcass with water, you let it boil for hours, all the meat falls off the bone, uh, then you can separate the bones, and then you can sometimes like literally throw whatever leftover you have, whether potatoes, it is like a corn, vegetables. exactly, mm -hmm. potatoes, vegetables, or even corn uh, casserole, sure. just on top, or even mixed in the soup, it makes mm -hmm. it really hearty. It's actually pretty yeah, tasty. Yeah, that's really smart. Well, switching from food, there's another idea about about wine and alcohol. You know, and as I think about the quantity of bottles that are consumed during this holiday, that seems like actually a relatively easy place to reduce waste. I don't know if maybe getting 
barrels getting you go, re, ca, is that what they well, call so casks or? the way we get our wine is actually we get our wine refilled uh, our everyday wine we simply get it refilled from uh there are wineries actually that uh offer this and uh, and also those wineries are um, uh, in my app called my i have an app called bulk to find bulk foods all over the world and there is a wine section so uh, we're able to uh, buy our wine in bulk at uh, a place called tank 18 in San Francisco. The way they refill wine in California is uh, through a bottling event. You can just show up uh, during the week Any as day. you can. <laughs> in France, you can do that. Really? But in California, they can only refill your bottles if it's a bottling event. So if you know when those bottling events are, then you can uh, prepare ahead of time. Um, and they are, you know, they one day they'll refill red, another day will be white, sometimes mm-hmm. rosé. That's a, a great point. Actually, we um, have worked with with the W Hotel, and they the entire wine selection or most of their wines are c- come in like steel cylinders, and you know they get fifty gallons or thirty gallons of the same wine that they would bottle into single bottles. Yeah, more and more restaurants are exactly. offering uh, wine on tap, glass waste, right? exactly. bottle waste. So same goes for beer. If you're going to have a lot of people, you can actually get a growler refilled at a uh, local brewery company. So we get ours refilled at the Marine Brewery Company. Uh, you buy the growler the first time you get your beer. So we have a couple of growlers, and then we fill it with different beers. Of course, when you get your growler refilled, you you have to you can only do that when you're um, expecting quite a few people because sure. if uh, you know the next day it will be pretty flat. Yeah. But then but you can make something with that too. I make a Welsh rarebit with <coughs> leftover beer that has gone flat. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, That's cooking with beer is idea. delicious. And a growler is a smaller version of a keg, right? Well, it's it's really a large glass container. Usually it has those flip-top caps, uh-huh. uh, you know, a dark color with the flip-top mm-hmm. cap. Nice. When, what do you think of, I'm, I'm going to say a brand name because I actually don't know whether or not there are other people doing this, but SodaStream, right, where people are making their own sparkling water instead of buying bottles and bottles and bottles of sparkling water. Yeah, and about that, um, there is a whole, if you research it online, you'll find that you can actually tweak <laughs> those things to accept uh, the larger canister of uh, air, compressed air. And you can then buy the compressed air uh, at a place like Big Five because they use that for, I think, the paintball guns or something like that and the canisters end up being like I mean way 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 cheaper than it is if you buy it through the company uh, and then you get it you bring it back to the store and they refill it so oh, they refill uh, it. yeah and so you can buy there is a little device that you have to install again uh, just uh, like Google a connector it. right yeah like, yeah yeah wow wonderful well, there's one more before we yes. move away from food and that is disposable cutlery and plates. I mean, people, when they're doing a lot of entertaining, I can certainly, I've been in this space before myself, feel tempted to reduce the amount of hand washing that they have to use. Yeah, because if you're going to have 20, 30, 40 or more people for an event, it seems like just the quantity of cleanup seems extraordinary. But to go through that many paper plates and plastic forks and even though right now you can get compostable forks yeah, still don't support those because they're single use so exactly. uh, what we've done in our house is that if we have more than 12 people coming over for dinner and I say 12 because we can sit 12 at our at our table if we have more than 12 then I'll make finger foods I use turkey lasers which are like basically stainless steel picks in lieu of toothpicks and then we uh, have quite a, a collection of uh, glasses we have uh, two types of glasses at our house just little um, water glasses and we have wine glasses we have two uh, shelves full of them uh, we're minimalist but that's really what we have a lot of because then when we have parties we don't need to resort to disposables and then as far as napkins what's interesting is that we found that people respect the cloth napkin way more than they do the paper napkin if you're going to have, uh, let's say, 50 people at your house, you better, if, and you, if you count on serving uh, paper napkins, you better count on at least 100 of them. If, if it's not 200, because people will use a napkin once, throw it out, pick up a new one every time they get a little appetizer. Uh, if you serve, if you actually present your, your table with cloth napkins, we found that only half the people will use the napkin because they respect the cloth napkin way more than I do the paper. I am the same way. I almost don't want to get it dirty to begin with. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, and I remember in one of your articles, because you you are 
really quite a prolific writer when it comes to this topic, and you have a great article specifically on reducing your waste for holiday feast. You point out the benefit in renting your china and your dishware. If your concern is not doing all the washing yourself, for really like pennies on the dollar, you can. Well, especially if you're going to have a large party. Yeah. I mean, it's of course up to everyone to figure out uh, whether they want to go the uh, solo route or if they want to go uh, the rental route. But even if you go to the thrift store, let's say you have like this huge party that you really want to uh, cater to yourself, then, I mean, the thrift stores, you, you'll find s flatware for uh, probably less than you would buy disposables. Wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah, pennies on the <laughs> And plate. people tend to think that our lifestyle uh, uses more water because we end up washing things, uh -huh. and that's really not the case. We actually consume only a quarter of the, uh, of the regional uh, water usage because we're simply careful about water, but washing things does not mean necessarily that you're using that much more water. Uh, we're just careful around other things. So um. Yeah, it's interesting. We just had a conversation about that on global warming and what people can do. And we brought up the idea of water. Of course, of course, we need to preserve water and you know not wash our car outside twice a week. And yet, if you look at industrial use, and it's not to point fingers, but really the, the vast majority is not used by private households. And yes, we need to do our our part. But it's it's agriculture and you know and industrial use of water much 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 higher. Instead of throwing it away, washing a dish is still better than and having you know, a one-time use single use. Again, if you're gonna have a party of fifty and you're gonna have, uh, let's say, well, if you have fifty people, you only need twenty-five napkins, anyways. But <laughs> they really don't take up a lot of room. Just throw them in your in your regular wash with your clothes, and you're good. I mean, it's just. Uh, It's really no biggie. And I've picked a fabric. It's actually, our napkins are made from like old uh, vintage uh, uh, Scandinavian curtains. And the fabric doesn't really wrinkle. So there is no, once, you know, I dry them, I simply fold them and there is no ironing needed. Beautiful. And that's B. Johnson, the author of Zero Waste Home, who's in the studio today, zerowastehome.com, her website. She's really an expert on the zero waste lifestyle in this hour on an organic conversation, zero waste holidays, celebration meets sustainability. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And so much more is yet to come. Stay do tuned. Do we have to take a break already? We do. Yes, oh yes, yes. You hold your horses. All right, all right. <laughs> right back with more. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And with us is zero waste expert B. Johnson. Zero Waste Home, her website, to have a critical look at zero waste holidays and help us have celebration meet sustainability in these weeks around us right now, mostly focused on food, gifting, and decoration. That was a wonderful little dive into the world of food. Deep dive. Deep dive. And um, what is, what's next? Well, Sita? next we want to talk about gifting. I mean, this is a time when a lot of presents are given, a lot of cards are sent, and I know that you have some tips on how people can still very thoughtfully share their love and their appreciation of somebody, but do it without a lot of disposable resources. 
Yeah, so especially in the, for the subject of uh, gifts, uh, what we've done in our house is really today we concentrate on experiences instead of stuff. So today we give each other an experience instead of things. It was a bit difficult at first to get the, the extended family on board because the grandparents were used to buying uh, just simply go to a store and uh, send out a, a toy. Whether the kids like the toy or not, then we were stuck with that thing. But today we've... Uh, uh, we've actually encouraged them to uh, give the kids uh, and ourselves a, uh, a gift of experience instead. So, uh, for example, the kids have been able to go uh, indoor skydiving or they've gone parasailing um, or once we were in Costa Rica for the holidays, so we did a, uh, a jungle tour uh, at night. Uh, so around the holidays, it's always a great time to encourage the grandparents to think beyond the box uh, or beyond the toy and... Uh, <laughs> And if they really can think out of that box, and you have to be so specific and give them examples, otherwise they're a bit lost on, uh, on to, as to what to do. But otherwise, cash uh, for teenagers is totally reusable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had this really like vivid image as you were talking because when you said give experiences I was like oh, I wonder what Christmas morning is like at B's house because <laughs> because we're so used to having it be like all of these gifts that you open and people are expecting to like sit down and have hours of opening and yeah and they were used to be like that at my house before embarking on the zero waste lifestyle I had created this monster Christmas for my children I had I was the one doing the shopping I had created this uh, this kind of what I thought was a fantasy of, uh, you know, I don't know how many presents we had around uh, the tree, but it took like half a room. Yes. And when we decided to go zero, is then all of a sudden it felt uh, it was an adjustment because uh, the, the first Christmas that we did that was zero ways, then we decided to, instead of just giving experiences, we uh, just uh, transitioned or during the transition, we decided to give them secondhand gifts. Uh, so the kids back then uh, had still had a list. We found that when the kids were little, their lists were huge. But that's because also I was asking them to give me this huge Ideas. list. Mm -hmm. And I was pushing them in that consumption or thinking that way. Then when we went to zero waste, uh, we saw that little by little, the kids actually, their list got smaller and smaller and smaller. And today they probably only have one item on their really? list and often it's an experience and if it's a thing then we uh, we manage to find it secondhand so it's uh, there is solutions out there definitely well what's what's really cool for me to listen to this is there are a couple of aspects of additional value right one is when you don't think about a thing you want but an experience you actually ask yourself as the mom putting it on the list what do i really want to experience right what is what is pulling me what is calling me and it's not the new whatever game box but it's where do I want to go or do I want to go kayaking what have I not done in my life right yeah, that so makes them a, a richer person and the, the the second aspect is the enrollment that we had with food where you ask them what's your favorite item that you want for this Christmas for example or during the holidays that they really are again reflective and thinking what do I like the most and you can even enroll the grandparents if they gift something that is an experience it could include them so it's yeah, you know, exactly. you're, you're creating a different kind of community and so presence. this is uh, what uh, what we've done for as a gift for example the kids give the gift to their uh, grandmother uh, for example they'll take her out to lunch and that to her means the world because mm -hmm. totally. she already has what she needs yeah, of course she doesn't need more stuff what she wants is time. our time yeah, yeah. and right. time with the kids and having them individually i'm getting goosebumps just talking about <laughs> that because it's really made a big difference she just wants the time with the kids and just one-on-one -on -one. and uh, she's loved it she's loved going out to lunch just with the one child or the other yeah, well, that was the image that I had when I was like, so what, what might Christmas morning look like at B's house? And I had this image of the family coming together and everybody brings their calendars. And you <laughs> sit down and you say, for Christmas, I'm giving you a lunch date or I'm giving you a, a movie date. And, walk, and people pull out their calendars and they schedule it. And then throughout the year, you're looking at, oh my gosh, I get to go and do this thing with this person because this was our this was the way we showed our appreciation at Christmas was to schedule this concert together yeah, or what whatever it, it is. The, the present of presents. Present yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's uh, getting away from that instant gratification kind of, uh, you know, when you get a gift, there it is, and then that's over. I mean, you don't get anything out of that after. Uh, whereas for uh, the first actually gift of experience that uh, the kid's grandmother gave them was a gift certificate to the ice cream parlor. 
<laughs> and it took the kids six months to use that, uh, to finish up that gift certificate. And they realized, wow, those gifts of experiences actually last a long time. This is neat. And uh, for example, so my younger one was, um, he had a birthday recently and uh, uh, we, uh, my husband bought him a tickets to uh, a football game because he's a big football fan. And he was sitting right there, right in front, but he had to wait like two months to get to that game. And uh, that really built up, you know, the yes. momentum and he got really excited. And then my older son, his last uh, birthday present was a, uh, he wanted to, he had mentioned that one day he'd like to go skydiving. And uh, I know that in the US you have to be 18 in order to skydive, but we were spending our summer in Quebec and I found out that he could do it there. So he went skydiving and I can't tell you the smile on his face. We have a video of our teenager smiling for six straight minutes. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to get a <laughs> smile on your teenager? <laughs> but this is what the Zero Waste Lifestyle does to you well in the, in the beginning we talked about a study looking at the effect on music of your on your brain and i know sita you you had a study months ago where the happiness factor of something you buy is literally minutes yep, right it's yep. a few days it's whatever and then you can measure how the happiness goes down we just get used to it and with an experience it's the opposite it can actually grow it, it lasts way longer and it becomes part of your life then as an experience right he will yeah, he will talk about a, that skydiving Right, for years. Something that you can cherish for years yeah. instead of stuff that That's eventually right. ends up in the landfill. And that is actually, and, and part of the study, Helga, that you're referencing talked about, you know, when, when you poll people and you say, if, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? And people don't say, I would buy stuff. They say, I would travel the world. They mm -hmm. would actually go and have more experiences. And so at the holidays, it just sure. makes perfect sense for it to be an experience rather than Especially as a gift. Stuff. When, when there are gifts given, what is, do you have any advice, packaging, wrapping? What is, what's so the if, you, if you really want to give uh, something else than experiences, you can also thing. think uh, of uh, there are digital gifts and talking about music. You could give a gift certificate to on iTunes, for example. We've done that, especially sometimes for friends uh, or the cousins. And if then you don't know what them you do, that well, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. or, or consumables. If you're going into someone's mm -hmm. home and you want to bring a hostess gift, maybe like homemade jam or even something you purchased in bulk. And then you can package it in uh, something reusable. So we uh, have created, um, uh, basically I made um, a set of uh, gift bags, reusable gift bags made out of cloth. Actually, they were made out of old sheets and uh, scraps of fabric. And really, you have to think out of the box because once you start looking, Looking at your fabric scraps, you'll see that there is a lot of possibilities out there. I just made a, uh, a little pouch made from the ankle part of a sock. It's basically the perfect size for a gift card. Uh, I made a bunch of these bags actually for my church because they're, they're having a, um, a Christmas boutique. But even the bottom of my son's uh, PJs because they were they had just the right color. And uh, so there is a bunch of, you know, fab you can do a lot with the fabric scraps as far as... Uh, Even for large gifts, a pillowcase can be uh, a great is, wrapper. Yeah, for it's, a, it's a great size. If you really want to use something that you're gonna, if you don't have time to make gifts bags, and now today they're actually even available in the stores. I've seen them. Um, but if you really want to use something that's uh, more disposable, think about using maybe your kids' drawings. If you feel bad about that, take a picture beforehand. <laughs> but the grandparents usually uh, appreciate mm -hmm. that. And then of course there is a newspaper, but we don't have those things. So the the cloth gift bags is what I would recommend because even when you give a gift in a cloth gift bag, then you're you're sending out a message out there that this is what they can also sure. use to uh, give their own gifts. Great. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we are totally engaged with the author, B. Johnson, who's joining us here in the studio today, the expert on zero waste living, zero waste home, her book and her website on how to make this holiday the most sustainable without reducing the partying, actually, but maybe increasing the quality of our get-togethers. Food and gifting, and we do want to touch at least on talking about time. Unfortunately, even airtime is limited, <laughs> just as lifetime. Home decor. We manifest in the beauty of that surrounds us in the presence of the other. And um, it's it's important, of course, and it's beyond beeswax candles. What, what have you found? 
So first for the tree, when we started with Zero Waste, it really broke my heart to go to a farm, cut down a tree, because that's what I used to do, or even go and buy like a dead tree, basically. I just, uh, there was a something that I, I just could not do it anymore. So I, I went home and I told my husband, let's just use like the, we have a potted plant. It's tall. It's, it was actually a six foot tall potted plant that was outside. And we brought it in and we decorated it with the, the little ornaments we have. We have vintage ornaments and, uh, and it looked awesome. I mean, especially because we have a modern interior. And of course, it was a little weird the first time because you're like, you kind of, because you, your whole life you've used a, a pine tree, right? or Douglas fir or whatever. So it was a little odd. But then the subsequent years, we kind of got used to that. And we could not imagine doing without that topiary that we were using. I think it's uh, great to think about, well, if you think beyond the house plan that you might use instead of a, a Christmas tree, maybe using uh, what's outdoor, what's uh, available to you, whether it is uh, leaves or branches. Uh, you don't need to go out and buy things. And this is the beauty of the zero waste lifestyle is that it saves also a lot of money. <laughs> Just to do what's available to you. It's, uh, it makes you much more creative. Uh, it's, uh, it creates an element of surprise. Actually, Helga, you know, Earl, our good friend Earl, who calls in every week, he he did that one year and he's continued using it. He has a good friend who works in landscaping and found this gorgeous branch and covered it in a string of lights. And that's what he's hanging in the corner of his main, you know, living area. And, and that's it was already dead, right? It was in nature. So you can mm -hmm. return it to that and let exactly. it decompose as mm -hmm. life and, has uh, it. And what we do today, because uh, as I said, we, uh, um, we uh, generally now um, uh, travel. Uh, around the holidays, uh, but we always find a, a way to uh, either forage a branch that's outside, or uh, once we were in a hotel, we <laughs> we took right above the uh, the but the call button for the elevator. They had a little branch attached to the wall, so we took that, we put it in a in a cup in our room, and we decorated it. Another time, we made uh, popcorn, you know, as a family, and then together around the table, we strung the popcorn. We used slices of oranges that we dried. All of this is much more organic and it's actually uh, doing it together is uh, much, mm. uh, you know, again, it's all about uh, the memories and uh, the bonds that we have and all these activities reinforces the bonds. So interesting how the zero waste lifestyle seems like something that is a chore, right? Something that we can choose to do. That's what people think. Exactly. And actually what it's doing is it's elevating the quality of everything or re reminding us actually of what it would be without the consumption, right? Without the industry telling us that giving a kid a, a gift that will then occupy them for six hours on Christmas and you actually didn't see them really, that, that was never the idea. So it's, it's almost the antidote to what we all suffer from, which is this complete distraction by industry and gifts and packaging. And this is reinstating or reminding us that family and really presence together is what, what all matters. Exactly. I mean, this is uh, really what the Zero Waste Lifestyle has done for our family. Uh, goes beyond what I could even, ex I mean, what I can even express. Uh, it's really hard to put into words because it's made our life so much richer. A life based on experiences instead of things is so much richer. I could never imagine going back to the way I used to live. Uh, it's made, uh, it's not only saves us money, it saves us time. It's made our, uh, the, our family bond stronger. I could never go back to the way I used to live. And you started this more out of an ecological point, right? Yeah, it was so about it was reducing waste. Exactly. It was, uh, we actually embarked on this lifestyle for environmental reasons. Right. But today, what keeps us going, it's actually the other advantages. It's uh, the better <laughs> life. <laughs> That is wow. uh, The zero-waste lifestyle is nothing that we would have imagined it would be. Uh, I hear, I mean, people always, I always hear people saying what I would have thought it was going to be. They say, oh, I'm sure it costs too much. I'm sure they, uh, they're, uh, they live in the boondocks and they're like hairy and they're <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't shave. That's what they said in the New York Times. I'm like, no, I shave. Thank you. Uh, but uh, I mean, they picture us, uh, you know, as uh, really hippies, but that's not, you know, that's not, not what point. we are. It was not, you know, being hippies, not really our style, I guess, but you can live a really modern life and, uh, and uh, stick to your sense of aesthetics, uh, whether it's being granola or not. I mean, that, you know, being a granola or not doesn't have anything to do with the zero waste lifestyle. You can uh, stick to the way, uh, you know, your sense of aesthetics and still apply it 
to zero waste. Yeah, it's often seen as reductionism, and it sounds like it's the opposite of that. Yes, you're reducing one part of consumption, but you're actually adding value to everything else in your life, right? Marriage, kids, relationships. But life is not about stuff. It's yes. about moments. It's about friendships, about family. And that's what the Zero Waste Lifestyle has done for us. It's just make those moments just better. <laughs> that is the perfect <laughs> yes. way to wrap this up. And of course, that's B. Johnson, again, the author of Zero Waste Home, zerowastehome.com, her website. In this hour of an organic conversation on zero waste holidays, we thanks so much. It's such an inspiration. Um, yeah, we, we were looking forward to this topic, but still believing that it was about um, reducing our impact on the on the world. And it's actually increasing our impact on the world in a good way. So more love, less waste. Thanks for being in the studio today. Thanks so much for having <laughs> me. Really our pleasure. Our Thank pleasure. you. More on health and sustainability and zero waste, which means bulk in food, and that means fresh vegetables. Avoid the packaging aisle and just go straight to the produce department. Here is what's in season. And with us now is the voice of the San Francisco produce market, Mr. Organic, Mr. Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce. Earl, are you there? Hello, hello. Hello there. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hello, Sita Helga. <laughs> oh man, what a what a lovely time again looking through the produce aisles. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased. What's the item for you? <laughs> what, what's what's the edge? Well, you know, one of the things that happens this time of year is you get all the citrus coming in. You get this huge hit of orange. Oh, yeah. So it's incredibly <laughs> colorful. Great time for the for, uh, right around the holidays. But what I want to focus today is, is an item that has a very short life to it. And I'm not even sure if the rest of the co country gets very much of this. And this is the Asian pear, <sighs> also known as apple pears. Mm -hmm. And there's almost endless varieties. And and um, there's some that are have the long stems and some of the rounder, uh, more flat type. And I'm going to talk about the round, flat type because they're a little more uh, prevalent and and um, there's just more of those around to the, uh, to, to the consumer. You kind of break them down into two types. And so we're talking about the round ones. They look like apples. And there's what I consider the, the, the green and yellow varieties and the brown and golden varieties. Huh. And what, what we've done, been most successful with are the uh, golden brown ones. The green yellow ones are mostly characterized by a variety called the 20th century. And generally, these are well labeled in the grocery store. If they're not, bingo again. You want to interface with your produce people and please ask for, uh, you know, great, better uh, identification. Sure. But the, but the more popular and I believe tastier ones are the brown gold. And I'm going to name off a couple varieties which may or may not be familiar, but uh, there's one called a Shinko and a Hosui, a Rirang and the Shinseki and the Ishiban. And the, and the Olympic. And the Olympic is the one you're going to find around now. It's one of the later varieties that gets, that gets harvested. And the harvest of an Asian pear generally is, I would say, July through November. And they are grown here, right? They're domestic. They're in California. Even though Asian pear, they're not imported. It's a, it's a local piece of product, but much like pears itself. Yeah, exactly. They are local. There are some imports, but it's not a. It's not a. There's not a lot of volume. So it's California, Oregon, and Washington are the main producers of this product. And it, what's interesting about it is that it, it doesn't store particularly well. Yeah. And and they do need some some special care, quote unquote special, meaning that they can be uh, kept too cold. So if you're going to keep them in your refrigerator, well, I like what I like to do is buffer them a bit, and I tend to, you know, go to some extremes. But I put wash, I put uh, uh, dishcloths in in some of my smaller compartments, and I kind of protect them in that way. Hmm. And when they get and when they get cold damage, they're going to get dull in appearance and start getting these little brown spots around the stem or the uh, or the or the the, yeah, the stem bowl or the blossom side. But basically, they they're gonna they're gonna eat very crispy. Uh, some are juicier than others. Very sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, some tend to have a gritty uh, a 
characteristic in the, in the mouth, and some are very smooth. But generally, it's going to have a great snap, and they're going to have they're going to be very very dense. What I found so remarkable about them the first time I had them was that they don't get soft the way that pears do. I mean, you're not waiting for it to ripen and kind of you know like a like an avocado or or like a pear. Honestly, um, they That's right. they're they're firm when you eat them, but they're so crispy, just like you said, frequently very juicy and still sweet. And they're well, my experience, yes, they're sweet, but they're also more tart than than regular pears are. Well, you know, again, some some of them have a, a, a skin tannin to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. On, a little bit of skin. On that occasion. Uh-huh. They're a cross between apples and pears, so I like to use them the way that I would use an apple or a pear, like baking them and filling them with chopped nuts and cinnamon yeah. sugar and that kind of thing. I like to poach them the way that I poach pears. The texture is really different, and maybe they're, like I said, a traditional ways to enjoy it because... I don't see a lot of recipes for baked Asian pears or for poached Asian pears, but for me, that flavor, there's nothing else like it. So it's really fun to play with in the kitchen. I'm talking about uh, ways of enjoying them. I love them uh, sliced pretty thin with a butter lettuce salad with some nice crumbly cheese with yeah, some walnuts some in there. Mm-hmm. And brie. Yeah, yeah or exactly. slicing on a sandwich. That Yeah, they're really good. Beautiful. Oh, yes, on a sandwich. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. What a novelty item. Yeah. Thank you, Earl. Well, Asian that, pears. So they're only going to be around till maybe to the end of the year. So, you know, this is the last time to, to get get your your uh, Asian pear for the year. Asian pear All fix. Right. Great. We'll look out for Asian pears. Thank you, Earl. <laughs> and we'll have you back next week. I'm looking forward to it already. We so are we. too, as always. <laughs> Thanks, Earl. Talk to you later. Thank you both. Bye. 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 Wow, that was great. Okay, Asian pears and zero waste holidays. <laughs> I feel like we, we pack huh. more in this hour than we have in a we, long time. You know, time. we pack a lot in every hour, but I, I like the quantity of ideas that I'm leaving with. You are still speechless. I'm still speechless. And that's this week's <laughs> edition of an organic conversation, Zero Waste Holidays, Celebration Meets Sustainability. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back with another awesome episode soon. See you next week. (laughs) Bye. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. This show would not be possible without the ongoing support from our listeners. Whether it's a dollar a month or a one-time donation, please consider becoming a patron of An Organic Conversation. For more information on how to support this program, please visit patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash An Organic Conversation. Thank you for your contribution. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business since 1988. The website is earlsorganic.com. And also Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helber and Sitarani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye.